Get motivated, get educated, get growing your property empire with the How To Property Podcast with your host, Ryan Luke. Everyone, welcome back to the How To Property Podcast. Um, I've got a fantastic guest today. So last week we heard from, well, we flipped the mic and Phil interviewed me, a total novice in the, in the property world. This week, we're going the other side of the, the spectrum, um, an expert in property. I have been following in the background and on the Instagram account is where we met. Obviously, you've got a great following and I've been very intrigued by what you do. So for me, I'm quite looking forward to this to be able to pick your brain a bit and get some one-to-one mentoring for myself. And um, you know, I think it's always great to Look up to where, look up to people to where you want to be and where you want to go. And obviously, you are in the development space, which is definitely something that I want to push towards. So I'm really excited. So before I uh, we go any further, welcome Nicola Bremner. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Thanks, Ryan. Superb. So, um, well, we'll get the elephant out of the room first. Um, Clubhouse. We are, we are both yeah. <laughs> slowly getting addicted to it, or maybe not even slowly. It seems like whenever I'm on, you're on, and we've bounced in the same rooms quite a few times already. So um, we might as well start there. It is a hot topic. I think, um, well, what's your thoughts on it? Let's just, you know, I think uh, I'm enjoying it at the minute, but I'm not sure it's got the longevity uh, in the format that it's in at the minute. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, what you're Yeah, that seems to be the uh, response that a lot of people are getting uh, having to it. Interestingly, I spoke to a friend about it last night and he I quote badly, he said something it's full of narcissistic white men <laughs> being dicks or something like that. <laughs> and enough. what I what I don't get about it uh, is that You've got these people, everyone's making seven or eight figures, okay? That's what everyone's saying in their bios, seven figures, eight figures. And yet here they are spending 17, 18 hours a day on their weekends hustling in yeah. this clubhouse. And I think I'm, I'm not making that sort of money per year. Uh, mine's all very lumpy because I've got investments coming in and I'm dipping in and out. But my goodness, if I was making if I was making eight figures a year. Do you really think I'd be doing this or would I be sailing around on my yacht somewhere or in Dubai, like all the influencers? It just, (laughs) there's a lot of BS there. And I think that we need to filter out the BS. But apart from that, it is a very useful platform for hosting. I get, it's kind of like a talk radio show, isn't it? And for hosting things like that, it's really useful. And so like you with my podcast, I've been trying to think about how to use it uh, as a tool for my podcast. And I think it could be really interesting for people like us to, that after the podcast is released, to then go and uh, have a room on podcast, uh, sorry, on Clubhouse, where we then discuss in more detail some of the issues that were raised and allow people to ask questions, things like that. Uh, But yeah, think of it really as a, a talk show. Yeah, I think um, I think it's great at the minute because you have experts delivering content to people and kind of it is like that sort of one-to-one mentoring room as such where you can go on the stage as long as the rooms aren't too big. What I don't like about it at the minute is the ones that the minute they get invited to speak, the first three minutes of speaking is just like pitch, 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 pitch. 
it's like, Jesus, man, just get away from that. Let's just like yeah. have a conversation here and just add value to people's lives. And then if they're interested, they'll check your bio out and they might come forward. But, um, you know, I've taken a lot from it so far, you know, from, you know, listening to people like yourself and other people that are further ahead in the game from me. And also some of the, the questions that you get from the audience makes you think, okay, well, maybe I could do that better in my programs or whatever, and we can help more because these seem to be common issues. But I do think, unfortunately, as it gets bigger, I think it's going to get more of a pitching ground. Mm. I think the noise is going to get greater. And I almost think it'll just become like a pure advertisement platform somehow if they're not careful and they need to kind of restrict that somehow. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I think you've got to be careful not to spend hours and hours and hours on it. I mean, like you can get, you know, we're talking, I got invited into a room this morning for like, what I thought would be five, 10 minutes. I ended up like yeah. an hour and a half driving in the car whilst listening to it and getting asked question after question. And you try and find like, I need my exit point. I need to go. And, um, but I think it, it, it is a great platform, especially for, you know, a lot of obviously the listeners of this podcast are getting into property, getting some progress in property and, you know, uh, amongst the various strategies. So if you want to pick up some great tips from some great people, now, if you do have access to it, get in the rooms and start asking questions. Um, how long it will last, I don't know. Because although someone did, I did see something yesterday saying Instagram now have a rooms feature, which I thought do was they? very interesting. I did log I on Instagram to see if I could see it, but I couldn't. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me yeah. if Facebook thought, you know, let's quickly get something rolled out. What you can do on Instagram is have, uh, yeah, you can have a place where you you can do private things for private followers. So if you've got a subscription-based business, you can separate them off and have, a, a, I guess, a private room. So, And I believe that has been there for a while, actually. So, right. yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do make more of a thing about it now. But talking about Instagram, one thing that has happened off the back of Clubhouse is it's really driven people to my Instagram mm-hmm. because that is where I'm most uh, followed. And my followers have gone up by a couple of hundred just since Saturday yeah. when I first started I'm, and I'm today's Thursday. To so um, I actually stole the old flow page idea from yourself once I, uh, I saw it on yours and I thought that is so good. It's much better than the bit.ly and stuff. So um, I have a flow page on, my, on all my stuff now. And um, yeah, my flow page stats have gone up since going on Clubhouse and, and inevitably my Facebook group's growing and my Instagram page is growing and, and the YouTube channel as well. So it's... Um, yeah, it's good. And I think as long as you can be, you know, genuine on there, and as you yeah. say, you know, not coming on with loads of bullshit and trying to pitch it, you know, every second of every day, then I think it's good for everybody. Um, but there, there's so many people, the fear of missing out is crazy. Oh, I put, yeah. I, I've actually got four invites at the minute. So if any of the listeners, <laughs> I might <laughs> be able to sell you one. But um, and some guys, like, I'll pay you for an invite. I'm like, honestly, like, it's not that good. <laughs> like it's good but it's not worth paying for but um that's crazy isn't it so yeah so anyway let's dig into um so uh where should we start what are you working on at the minute what's in the pipeline for 2021 yeah so right now i've got a about i think there are last count 109 units uh, that we've either completed or we are completing. Most of them have, have completed, however. And so at the moment, I am selling off everything that's helped to buy pretty much. That's just flown out during 2020. And then looking at what's left and restructuring those because I do believe we're in a, for a bit of a storm across 2021, perhaps into 22. I just think that as 
unemployment levels increase as we go through this year, that uh, people's ability to buy and retain their homes will be hampered. So I'm looking now, right now, at restructuring everything that I've got left and paying out investors where possible, structuring uh, the finances long-term debt rather than the development finance that we've got currently and just buckling down pretty much. So that's that's all I'm, I'm doing at this very moment. What I will be doing, though, for the rest of, of 21 is taking stock of what cash I have. And I really believe that there will be an opportunity to go to some of the large house builders, and it's already happening, but I believe there'll be further opportunity, is go to some of the larger house builders who say have a development of 200 units and they might have 10 left and just say, right, I'll buy those 10 as a bulk deal. Uh, You get commercial rates of of stamp duty as well when you buy six or more. Mm. So just looking to bulk purchase those, stabilise those with a good manager. I'll outsource all of that. I won't be doing any of that in-house and then just sit on those. And that will just be in London because it's, it's an area I know. It's an area that I still believe will experience capital growth and central London especially has experienced a... Sorry. Okay. I don't know how to stop that. You can. Uh, I don't know. How, yeah, I don't know how to stop that. I'm just going to turn my phone off. <laughs> Sorry. Good old phone. Good old phones. I had it on silent as well. It's come up in my my um thing. Uh, yeah. So central central London especially has experienced a twenty percent decline. So I I I believe that there's a lot of growth there for potentially once foreign investors start feeling more comfortable with the UK again now that Brexit's happened. And once they can see that we're going to move through this uh, with some, hopefully, <laughs> uh, organisation, you remember every single dilemma in the world. Do you, uh, You're probably not old enough, but do you remember Y2K? And everyone thought the world was going to end. And it happened and planes didn't drop out of the sky. Our <laughs> yeah, computers still worked yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. I so I think that. that's yeah. probably like Brexit is that we all catastrophized, catastrophize, <laughs> catastrophize <laughs> these events. And when they happen, they're actually not as bad as we expect them to be because that's what the media is for. The media needs uh, to drum up this this excitement and this hysteria. So, uh, yeah, that's so for me, it's restructuring everything and ensuring that we can weather the storm, which hopefully won't be as bad. Oh, and I've got some things on that that I'll talk about as well. And then secondly is look at opportunities to bulk purchase completed central London developments uh, going forward. So just um, on that, if you don't mind me adding, uh, yesterday on on Instagram I put a whole story out about um, the Savills research and yesterday they held a webinar they had close to 2000 people on that webinar and they talked about their outlook for the UK property uh, from commercial rural and uh, residential perspective and also as an ethical uh, perspective as well and it was really fascinating and some of the some of the forecasts that they put forward about the best performing sectors and areas were really interesting. Also some of the polls that they published that the 
the attendees to that webinar were asked to vote on various things and I've put the polls up on my my Instagram and asked people to vote and it's interesting that the few hundred that have responded on my Instagram have responded exactly the way as the couple of thousand responded on the Savills. So everyone's expecting price growth of between 0 and 5% yeah. in the UK next year. And, uh, yeah, people are, are just really interested in residential yeah, development, saw, even um, though... I didn't see that yesterday, but I did see a thing from Savills prior to Christmas, and that was a prediction of, you know, strong growth over the next sort of three years. And, yeah. um, you know, I, which is fantastic for obviously, you know, well, for everyone, more so in London where the shifts are bigger. You know, I, I invest predominantly in the Northeast, so we're more about cash flow than we are um, asset growth. But, um, but yeah, so fingers crossed that does play out and you know, a bit of positivity back in the market would be good. Well, interesting for you then is they believe one of the best performing asset classes is going to be the northwest mm, of England. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So uh, I guess it's had quite a hit and perhaps with some of the uh, various infrastructure projects that have been rolled out, it will yeah. be one of the net beneficiaries of that. Yeah, yeah. So let's just, um, so first of all, for the listeners, just briefly, what is your core business model? My core business model since I started in, uh, so I started in 2004, just with uh, buy to lets. And then I started professionally developing property in 2009-10. And what my sole aim at that point in time was to do was to uh, buy former HMOs, convert them into luxury homes in Hackney, and then sell them as homes. And they were always homes that I was happy to live in and I mm. was very proud to put out there on the market. And that model worked incredibly well for a few years as I rode the wave of recovery throughout Hackney. And so that was really it. And then we expanded in around 2013-14 into bigger developments such as uh, house to flat conversions and then penthouse development on city road and the biggest one that I'm doing is well I'm just completing at the moment is 49 flats in in Luton so uh, it's it really really grew and unfortunately that coincided with a drop in the market as well in 2017 so it's been quite unfortunate timing but um, yeah still still just now completing all of those and, and do, do you hold the stock and rent it or do you just sell it straight on always it's been to sell that's always been my strategy because i didn't need cash flow and i feel that well, at that time i didn't need cash flow i just wanted to build up my capital to continue investing and, and growing my capital base and still for me that is the case i don't actually i don't need much cash for me, I think that once your once your immediate needs are being met, I don't have a really lavish lifestyle, despite what people see on Instagram and <laughs> what they believe from what they see. Yeah, my partner's got a boat and we go sailing, but it's actually just like having a caravan. And once yeah, you own the boat, yeah, it's yeah. not that expensive to run. And obviously, I've got children and their their needs need to be met. But for me, it's about just building that capital and having access to that capital as and when I need if I do want to make um, big purchases of any type. But it's just, um, yeah, continuing on and enjoying the whole process as well. And before we came on, obviously, we were talking about busy lives and pulling ourselves out of the business. Is your, your plan to kind of restructure a bit now, is, is there 
a bit of that in the background that you maybe want to start pulling yourself out of the business and maybe moving towards that retirement? Or is it is it just purely because of what you foresee in the market in 2021? Yeah, so what I did is in around 2007 to 16, really, I pulled myself out of my business and I allowed, I had outsourced pretty much everything and I worked on building brand Nicole Bremner, I guess. And I worked on my socials and I worked on my book and my podcast and things that I really enjoyed. And that was fine, except that if you don't keep an incredibly tight, uh, just oversight of things, people disappoint. And so it's about having management systems in place. And I thought that I had very good management systems in place, but in, in hindsight now, uh, yep, I was very let down by those. So as a result of that, I've had to step back into the business in a way that I never really wanted to anyway and oversee things like construction and completing, completing or reaching PC, practical completion on sites, looking at building control, looking at all the various things that go along with that. I was interested in doing this, the initial purchase uh putting together the professional team and then the sales process, everything else I was happy to outsource, but I've had to step back in. But to answer your question, over the next five years, the goal is definitely to uh, retire in a way. I don't think I'll ever fully retire. I believe if you properly retire, you you just go back. Lose your mind. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we, the plan is over the next five years just to exit ourselves from the businesses that we're in, invest in good quality uh, stock portfolio. And uh, so I, I really believe in having a balance between property and equities as well. I think too many people have all their eggs in one basket, being that big property asset class and just um, being a lot more passive. And that's why the change in strategy towards buying completed stock, which is then stabilized and managed for me, that's where that comes in. And uh, yeah, just go sailing around the world and then do things that really matter and that really excite us. Like, um, the whole idea, my mum is my mum and stepfather are, are medics. Um, she's a nurse specialising in vaccinations, and he's a doctor. And it's so lovely that they can just go into, say, Cambodia and run a vaccination program for people. And I just feel that it would be so lovely to go and use what skills that we have to sail into a small island in the South Pacific, and then just do our very best either to teach English or teach economics to high school students or just do something and just live a life of purpose other than yeah. uh, living in this rat race. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> there's a lot to be said for just disappearing to a, a nice Island somewhere off Thailand and just chilling out for and getting a suntan every day. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously development, you know, you touch base on it, they're building controls, etc., etc. Did you, get formally educated around that or is it just learn on the job from day one? It was learning on the job. It really was. I did, uh, yeah, it was, a, I did a flat first and I did a flat in, so flat in London. I did a flat in Austria. Then I did uh, my own home in, uh, in central London in Hackney. And it, it really was those projects that taught me the very basics. But then Building out blocks of flats is a whole other, it's a, it's a whole different sort of development. And it's really interesting. But what also is great about that is you can tender it all out to people. And I think 
I think actually that that's a better way of doing things is, is tender it all out and have a project manager that man manages on your behalf, have it tendered out to a main contractor and let them deal with everything on a full design and build contract rather than as we had it, which was in-house building team and micromanaging every step of the way. And to me, in hindsight, there's just too much room for error in that and I wouldn't do it again. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so, see, my 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 strategy in terms of asset building is, um, you know, just your, your BRR, your, your little single lets or maybe single lets into SAs or even, you know, HMOs, uh, nothing major. You know, my refurbs are done two to four weeks and then I've got tenants in there and I'm refinancing the money back out. I like to move quickly. So the idea of a development that might sort of you invest now and see the return year, two years down the line, that kind of puts me off slightly. Yeah. Um, what would be your advice around that? I mean, I, I am also, did you find that you built the single lets up and were doing that and then you just ended up with, cash that you could then sort of say well i can do that as well and continue the single let stuff or did you just stop and then go straight into development and the single let stuff stopped yeah i stopped the single lets and i sold those uh, they were all they were in central london made a lot of money and uh yeah so one flat that i bought in 2004 in clerkenwell bought it for 420,000 sold it in 2009 for or 2010 i can't remember for 800 and no, not yeah, 840, 50, 60, I can't remember, but 800 and something. And we had a mortgage on that of about 200 grand. So it was it was lovely. It yeah. earned more than I did at Goldman Sachs <laughs> that year. So uh, that was really good. And I just, at that time, I really didn't want cash because we're both high rate in, uh, taxpayers, me from working at uh, Goldman Sachs uh, briefly, and then my partner as well. And so we didn't want cash. Mm. But... I think um, to to go back to your first point about the time scale is I learned a lot from uh, friends of mine called the Benyons, and they have been investing in the Hackney area since the 16th century as a family. They own hundreds of properties in the area. They own thousands of properties throughout Berkshire and Scotland as well, I believe. And whenever they make decisions, they make them for the long term. So they'll look at a property and say, yeah, the freehold's up in 30 years. So we're just hanging on and seeing what happens at that point in time. And you think this is, this is longevity. This is really building something that lasts for the long term. And so that has, that has changed the way I look at things now. And so I am looking with a much longer term focus. And I think that it's easy to fall in this trap of wanting to invest for the here and now without thinking longer term. And I think banks were very guilty of this in 2008 when rather than working with their developers on uh, trading out of their financial woes, they just called in the loans and left them high and dry and destroyed lives. Whereas I think if we take a much longer term view on things, we can work our way out of various uh, issues that may arise within the portfolio. So, yes, I'm taking a much longer-term view. There are tax implications to that, such as inheritance tax and mm -hmm. things, which just cannot be avoided. 
Uh, yeah. But uh, there, yeah, there, it's just, it is a long term. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Is that saying that everyone says? And I really do believe that when it comes to property investing. But that's, so when, a, when house builders take a view on things, a whole economic cycle may have passed from the time they first uh, analysed a plot of land to selling and completing out that whole development of a few hundred homes. So yeah. there's a lot of just unknowns within that space of time in this whole economic cycle. But it is a cycle and it mm. does go up and down. Uh, I think what's really interesting now, though, is with this end in help to buy in 2023, it is going to force house builders to vary up the types of properties that they're building because at the moment they've all been building for help to buy. So I think we're going to see this oversupply of flats and we're going to see a real undersupply. We already are of family homes, quality family homes. So I think that that's going to change the way that they mix it up and make them more focused on building homes, which I think is a good thing for, for us yeah. as, as family people. That's generally the, the way life goes. <laughs> it's funny how you talk about the, 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 long, the, the cycle there for a development. When you've got investors doing like BRR strategies on 100 grand houses and they're trying to time the market to buy that one house. And it's like, well, you, like, it, you can't time the market. You've just got to like go with your gut instinct and you've got to go. Yes, you can take a few factors into play, but if you're holding for the long term, my opinion is you're going to have to ride a few of these ups and downs anyway. So, you know, just, just get in. And if, you, if your strategy is to, obviously if you're going to do a flip strategy, you probably do need to time the market. Um, but yeah, you know, as you say, these developments, I mean, the, the 49 flats you build and how, what, what is that from start to finish? Where, how long's that been? Oh, that one's been too long because we've had some issues with the, with the uh, main contractor, but we purchased that in 2016 and it's, it should have been finished two years ago. It should have been a two-year project, but uh, that's a whole kettle of worms. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully we're going to be out of that by mid this year. Uh, we've got a buyer for that, actually. He's going to take five years, five years. Some, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's too long. It's too long yeah. for a project of that type. And yeah. when you think about the interest costs and mm. things like that, it's just it takes all the profit out of it. So it's about how you're financed ultimately because – your cost of capital is is often what makes or breaks these deals. And if you've got cheap access to cheap capital, then you can afford to hang on for a longer term. Mm -hmm. Or if you're cash, but if you're if you're borrowing, especially if you're borrowing at quite high rates, sort of in the double digits, then obviously time is in the essence, and you yeah. get in and out really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just makes total sense. So what, um, Nicole Bremner, the brand, what? Where's that going? What's it currently, you know, offering, specialising in? What are you? What are you obviously passionate about that? Probably more so than the development <laughs> side. Am I getting that a bit? Uh, no, <laughs> I love property. I really, really love property. But what happens is that I can't work developing a site in five years' time from on a yacht. I, it just doesn't work. And uh, with and I, I found that I was spending too much time on site, not enough time with my children. And that's not the type of, the, the reason I went into this is be, to be a really hands-on mum and to really spend my time being the mum that I wanted, but also having something else that gave me some rewards. Because 
being a mum's not that rewarding from a professional standpoint. Yes, it's, I'm going to have all these mums screaming at me now going, it's the most rewarding thing ever. <laughs> you don't get performance reviews from your child. They say, oh, I don't like this meal. Why are you doing that? Or you, you get a, a teacher ringing you going, your son's behaviour is uh, leaves a lot to be desired. And you say, oh, it's a failure as a mum. But having something else, I think, helps you to feel fulfilled. But no, I think... I don't sell anything. Yes, people can buy my book if they wanted to, but I make nothing on that. Um, I've sold 22,000 copies and I think it's just covered the cost of um, printing it and putting it out there and and PR and things like that. So you're never going to get rich. And I just wanted to do that as, I guess, as a bit of a vanity project because I wanted to get my story out there. I thought it was great to do. So I've done that. I don't sell courses. I don't mentor people. I don't have masterminds. I genuinely love my podcast and that's all if if that's the only thing that I can get people to do is say hey go and listen to my podcast then that's great because I will I won't push anything to you I do not sell a thing and I think that sort of makes me stand out a bit in the property industry because I have no agenda I just want to yeah share with people the fact that Sometimes I think I'm a bit too negative about property, but I just want to be really realistic because Mm -hmm. there are too many people out there going, you can get rich quick and you should be doing all these various strategies and you should have your finger in every single pie. So if this one's not working, then that one starts working. And I just think, whoa, my goodness, this is, I don't think that's the advice people should be given. What they should be given is look at one thing master that, get really, really good at that. And then only then, if you have time, look to something else and just start taking steps towards it because otherwise you end up as a jack of all trades, master of none. And it's better just to have micro focus. Some of the people who have been the most successful that I can see, they do one thing and they do it over and over and over for 20 years. Even if it's boring to them, it works. I mean, I haven't been in the game uh, anywhere near 20 years but the uh, you know I, I say it all the time like I've just rinse and repeat you know and that that's yeah. what my BRR strategy is now just we know what we want to buy we know where to buy it we've got the trades that can go in and get the jobs done Absolutely. like quick we refinance it back out and we go again and it is just the rinse and repeat model and yeah. it's, it's even the same with the rent to rent strategy that we do as well you know we know where to rent we know how to quickly set them up and we know how to quickly get them filled and yeah as you say it, it works um, once you once you master it, and I think um, you've just got to. I think you've got to be careful who you do listen to, um, mm. you know. And, and I think um, don't get me wrong. I think uh, I am a huge believer in um, coaching and education. I've always been interested in like I am too. doing better am for too. myself, yeah. reading, educating. I've had mentors. I have a mentor now, you know, and and I do find that they just it's not for me it's not about the education it's about the clarity that they open up when you're mm. stuck you know so I, I actually had a call last night of mine and I was a bit stuck on something and he just asks like two or three questions and yeah. you just answer your own question and yeah. it just gets you to that next step and that's that's what good coaching is and that's what a good you know and that's what I feel um is is lacking a lot of whereas a lot of the courses in inverted commas like they, they're just it's just strategy and if you want to learn strategy just jump on youtube you know you yeah. can you can watch anything and you can learn everything you need and it for me it's about getting clear on your next steps your next best step you know and just getting clear on that and i think um i think that's why clubhouse is probably i know i don't want to come back to that but <laughs> that's why that is probably 
at this minute in time, very valuable for people because they are getting clear. They'll be able to ask a question that they're stuck on and get that answer that moves them forward. And um, as long as you can continue to do that and you, you, you get the information, then you act on it. I think you mm-hmm. do move forward and you end up doing, doing well for yourself. But as you say, there's, property is not get rich quick. No. And there's a lot of hard yards that have to be put in behind the scene. But if you do that, you can have a very nice lifestyle sometime very yeah. soon. You yeah, know, and, absolutely. Um, and I think you're spot on because you've you've honed in on what you're good at and you've become a specialist in that area. If estate agents that you've worked with before, they know you're going to perform. So they're going to bring you things that they know that you'll be interested in. Trades are going to want to work with you because you're very specific about what you need from them. And clients, customers will want to work with you as well for that same thing. It's the same as if you've got intense knee pain. Do you go to your GP and expect your GP to be able to help you? No, you don't. You go to a specialist, a consultant, and they specialize in knees and they can give you the very best care for your knee. And it's the same with property. I just think don't spread yourself too thin. Just become a specialist in something and that will always work for you. I became a specialist in Hackney property Mm. and estate agents would bring me the exact properties that I needed at the right price, they wouldn't even put them on the market. They'll just go, Nicole will buy that. And I would. And they knew. And so that worked incredibly well while that strategy worked until everything got too expensive. (laughs) And that was a fantastic position to be in. And it's about, and that's where I want to get myself to in uh, in the next few months is to be able to do that again, where I can have big house builders just ring me and say, hey, Nicole, we've got the last 10, the last 12, the last five. We'll give them to you for this. I do my analysis and go, yeah, that works for me. Let's do it. And again, it's just about specializing in something and becoming that expert. Yeah. Yeah. Building those relationships, which I think so many people overlook, you know, they just want a quick fix and that. So um, I'm probably going to put you on the spot here because I didn't mention it in the pre-show notes and I forgot. Um, But normally I get the guests to ask me two questions (laughs) and I get them to think about it before, but uh, I know I forgot to ask you that. So, don't worry if you haven't got anything, um, but if you do, um, now, now, now is your time to fire away and ask me. Okay, so your, your uh, uh, rent-to-rent uh, projects, where is the best place for you to advertise those in order to get tenants? Or so the rent short-term to rent, or is it long-term? Yeah, um, the the rent-to-rent stuff that we take on, we predominantly, the vast majority of it, we turn into serviced accommodation. Okay. And obviously the, the best, you know, we, we just rent that on Airbnb, booking.com, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a, a fairly decent database now of, you know, contractors traveling, you know, mm-hmm. probably the type of contractors that you get down to do your jobs. They'll be coming in from all sorts and they'll stay nearby. And that's the, you know, we've got so much development going on up in um, Gateshead at the minute. Um, Amazon seem to be building factories up here, left, right, and center. So we, we, we pulling them all in from there. Um, and that's, you know, it works in terms of the HMO side. We just, you know, spare room, I think is the easiest place to get them. But um, no, it, it's, a, I think rent to rent is a good, it's a good model to get quick cash flow early on in your career. Mm-hmm. I just then have felt like I've got a process in place that it continues to work. So why not keep yeah. adding the cash? And then obviously with that cash, I'm buying assets. So it makes sense mm-hmm. for me to keep doing it. I think mm-hmm. when I first got into it, I was like, I'll do that for quick cash and then I'll get to the point where I can just buy what I want and then I'll stop doing that. But 
I've just continued to do it. So I, yeah. God knows where it's no, going to lead works. me. But yeah. yeah. So and as long as the money's coming in, then that's the main thing. And and then we use the money wisely to buy assets, and ultimately that's that's mm-hmm. the golden ticket because that's the legacy stuff. You know, that's the yeah. stuff you pass down to your kids and stuff. So yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah. So well, my next question is: I love reading, and uh, so what's the last really good book that you read or listened to? Ah, the last, um, I've just finished one. Um, do you know what? I don't even read the titles. Let me get it on my phone. Uh, it's straight line. See, I'm putting you on the spot. Straight line. It's the straight called, line. And it's all about, um, it's all about uh, the inner stance that you come from. You know, we, we hear it all the time. You know, oh, I can't do this because I was born in this location. I can't um, create that because I haven't got any money. I can't get into property because I haven't got any money. You know, um, I can't make sales calls because I'm not very good at sales. So it's all about this like inner stance that you come from. And you can, it, it's all just, um, well, excuses is the best word for it. But it's a circumstance that you're creating to prevent you from doing something you don't like rather than saying, I know I need to do that to be successful. So I'm going to go from line A to line B and I'll do whatever is necessary to get there. And I'll change my inner stance on how I Mm. think about that to be able to get there. Um, So, and it it just strikes, you know, when I talk to a lot of clients and we do a lot of strategy calls, you know, pre coming on to, you know, the consultancy, these are the type of things that I hear a lot of. And it is so true. Like these people living in this, like they create busyness. Mm -hmm. So, they like to think they're working on their property business and they're going to go far, but really they're not doing the tasks that are going to be the needle movers and move that business mm-hmm. forward. Um, great book to be fair. Um, great okay. book. I've actually just downloaded the Blinkist app. Um, again, I've had it before oh, okay. yeah. and um, I've downloaded it again. Basically it reads a book in like 12, it basically condenses a book into 12 short pages mm-hmm. and it just gives you the finer points that you need. Mm-hmm. And then, so you can just like read, I think I've, I've done 82 titles last year. So just on that alone, it's just like bang, bang, bang. But I then That's came good. off it a bit, but I've gone back on it again. So, mm. uh, so yeah, really good. So, um, Nicole, awesome to have you on. I'm sure the listeners are going to um, be blown away with it. Um, I do like to connect everyone. So where can people find you if they haven't already? I'm sure they have, but where could they get hold of you? My website, I guess, NicoleBremner.com or my podcast, which is also on my website, but it's just the Nicole Bremner podcast. And I'm launching a new podcast next month, which is very interesting. So watch this hashtag. Watch is this an this exclusive? <laughs> yeah, it is an excuse. <laughs> Have exclusive. we got a name for it anything. or is that so exclusive? It, there is a name. It's called the Prosperity Podcast. Oh, nice. I like it. And yeah, it's... Yeah, watch this space, hashtag. Well, I will uh, no doubt see you in a clubhouse room very shortly. Very shortly, yeah. (laughs) um, Thanks very much for your time, and I'm sure the listeners agree it's been an awesome podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks.